This Jazz playoff game is in the books, and you've heard from all the players and the coaches. Now it's time to hear from you. This is Jazz Playoff Overtime on the Zone Sports Network, featuring your phone calls and tweets. Now with a recap of tonight's game, here's Austin Horton on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz get it done. This is, you know, this series has been really competitive, really fun, uh, really exciting. There's some emotions built into this thing. And uh, I still feel really good going into each of these games that the Jazz are the better team and will get this series done in short order, but it's not going to be in easy order. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, Memphis is just... Who are you? Right there. Hi. Who are you? Whoa. What is going Whoa. on here? Johnny Lightfoot, you sound uh, different. 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 Uh, I am Austin <laughs> Horton. Uh, Eric Jensen producing for us today. Uh, tonight, it is Jazz Playoff Overtime, and in for the rock star, Johnny Lightfoot. When you get a paying gig as a rock star, you can't really turn he it He really is a rock star, though. Literally. Like he's melting faces in Salem tonight. <laughs> uh, he, she is Amanda Smith joining me as a co-host tonight. How are ye? I am good. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm I'm dandy. Dandy. This, this was a. Hell I went with of good, and when you went with dandy. Well, and then I followed <laughs> it up by swearing. So uh, we can fade that music at any time, there, my friend. Thank you. You were doing uh, stats right next to Locke and Boone out here in the Zone Lounge tonight. Yeah. You were there for for the firsthand experience. This was fun with the fans here for the watch party, with David and Ron here in the in the lounge because they were piping in the TV call in the in the bowl, and it was it was just a fun game whether you're a jazz fan or an nba fan and really technically if you're a grizzlies fan that was a fun game just didn't end up the way they would have liked it to well totally i think if you're a basketball fan in general it's like you want to see a good game right i don't know it's fun when your team wins by 20 but it's also like meh this was like this was fun (laughs) would you rather your team win by 20 or win on a buzzer beater amanda smith me personally win on a buzzer beater I'm all for the high you emotion. Masochist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that that moment. You end up with a haircut like me if that happens oh too many gosh. times to your team. Hey, uh, your phone <laughs> calls tonight, 855-340-Zone, 855-340-Zone. The Jazz, get it done uh, in Memphis. Take a 2-1 series lead. And it somehow feels like a larger lead than just a game. We'll get into that and more. Give us your calls. Eric will answer uh, as we wait for you to call in. Here's how this one went down tonight in Memphis. The last time the playoffs took place in Memphis, Mike Conley was the starting point guard and wore number 11 for the Grizzlies. And he wasted no time settling back into his old spots on that FedEx Forum floor. Bogdanovich, free throw line extended far side. Top Conley, one little dribble, fires the three. Swish! Mike Conley was at the helm of Memphis's last playoff win at home with one of the great games by a Grizzly ever. Royce O'Neal followed suit with a hot first quarter of his own for the Jazz. Offense rebound, Rudy. Back out to Donovan. Ball fakes on Anderson. A lot of contact. Flares to the corner. Royce will try it again for the other side and hit. Ingles playing the point. 
pick and roll of favors. Chest to O'Neal. Catch and shoot three. Good. Donovan on the left side of the floor. 3.44 left in the quarter. Jazz 23, Grizzlies 17. Attacking Morant. Kicks to O'Neal. Catch and shoot three again. Oh, Rolls Royce has got some sweet rims rolling on that one as he throws down another one. 26-17. And Royce O'Neal with an opening nine points. After that, though, both teams went a little cold, closing the first frame a combined 5 of 16 from the field over the final three minutes. But Utah started the second quarter with a 12-point, 34-22 cushion. John Morant only took four shots in the second quarter compared to eight attempts in the first, but he made those four shots count on both scoreboards. That of the game and that of the viral social media replay variety. Donovan calls for a favors pick at the top. Goes away from Anderson, gets it knocked away, but it rolls right to Clarkson. Fortuitous bounce. Clarkson drives, stops, throws it high to O'Neal, but over his head. Live ball turnover, fast break, slam dunk. John Moran, 360 jam! Holy smokes! The Jazz responded, though, by finding that soft shooting touch once again. Rebound favors. Out top to O'Neal for three. Got it. Royce O'Neal's got four threes already tonight and 12 points. However, as Memphis has shown in this series, they're not going to take any invitation to shrink from the moment. Bogdanovich. Curl loses the dribble. Turnover. Memphis with another steal. They led the league in steals. Here's Brooks to the rack. Layup good. Eight-point game. 52-44. The Donovan Mitchell three-point play is looming large because otherwise Memphis is on a pretty significant run. But with the Grizzlies' confidence growing, so did the antics of one Dylan Brooks, specifically when he was guarding Mike Conley. But the Memphis franchise leader in points scored has too much experience to fall victim to playground tactics. Conley now has it. Double stagger left to right. Fires the three. Hits. And Mike Conley has a few words for Dylan Brooks going back the other way. Mike Conley's still talking to Dylan Brooks. Mike Conley is in Dylan Brooks' face talking to him. Dylan Brooks punches Mike Conley on the left side of the body. Now Morant fires the jump shot and misses. Rebound Bogdanovich. Watch those two. Part of the story, Bogdanovich pushing. Bogdanovich rise and fire. Transition three. Good! This thing is chippy now, but Utah burying the big blows. 61-46, Jazz by 15. At the half, it was Utah by 11, 62-51, having kept the Grizz at arm's length for the majority of the first quarters. In fact, never having lost the lead. That would change later in the game, but not in the third, as Donovan Mitchell made his presence more than felt on Beale Street. Donovan in the front court, spinning on Anderson, in the lane, attacks, foul, finishes, oh, Donovan, you nifty soul, you want to move by Donovan Mitchell to the basket. Mitchell, high pick and roll with favors, works it, free throw line, hopper, good, Donovan Mitchell, 10 straight. Here in the third, he's got 19. Memphis got things going, however, and actually cut the Jazz lead down to five before Boyan Bogdanovich took over for Utah's offense. Bogdanovich right wing. Three ball over Brooks. Hit it! Right in Dylan Brooks' grill! Timeout Taylor Jenkins. Boyan Bogdanovich with seven straight for the Jazz. And the Jazz answering every grizzly roar tonight. And in spite of icy cold shooting from downtown in the series, Jordan Clarkson found the needed spin at the end of the third. Conley with 20 points, four rebounds, and five assists, conducting traffic with his right hand. Calls for the Clarkson pick because he wants Allen guarding him. He gets it, then flips it to Clarkson, now guarded by Morant, but only one on the shot clock. He forces up a wild three right side. Swish! Jordan Clarkson. Morant, left side, three seconds. Behind the back, pulling, 
deflected shot by Conley falls short, and the Jazz lead it by 11, heading to the fourth. Utah this year, when leading going to the fourth, 43 and two. Jordan Clarkson ripped the cords from the right side, and the Jazz up 11 as we head to the fourth. So to the fourth quarter we would go, and the hometown crowd was in for a gritty display from their Grizzlies players as Memphis turned up the spice. Mike Conley, 20 points, four rebounds, five assists, goes off a pick. He's guarded by Brooks, who has four fouls, gives to Niang. Driving lane, Jackson knocks it out of bounds, off Niang's leg and out of bounds. Jones off a Jackson pick, flares it back to Melton. Driving on Niang, Niang falls, flare back out to Jones. Catch and shoot three for Tyus Jones, no good. Soft rebounding by the Jazz and an easy layup by Anderson. And the Grizzlies are on an 8-0 run, out hustling, out working, and out willing the Jazz right now. And Utah calls timeout. Memphis is back in this one. It's 96-93 on the Jazz Radio Network. George Niang, left angle three. That's his sweet spot. This one rattles out. Grizzlies on the push. Five-point Jazz lead. Grayson Allen, back cut, kick. Right side three. Melton off the side of the glass. Rebound off Niang, out of bounds. Jaron Jackson, inbound, open three, missed it. Soft for the rebounds. Conley, Tyus Jones knocks it out of his hands. Flare back out to Jones. Catch and shoot three for Tyus Jones, no good. Soft rebounding by the Jazz and an easy layup by Anderson. And the Grizzlies are on an 8-0 run, out hustling, out working, and out willing the Jazz right now. And Utah calls timeout. Memphis is back in this one. It's 96-93. But the sixth man of the year was there when the Jazz needed him the most. George Niang, left angle three. That's his sweet spot. This one rattles out. Grizzlies on the push. Five-point Jazz lead. Grayson Allen, back cut, kick, right side three. Melton off the side of the glass. Rebound off Niang, out of bounds. Jaron Jackson, inbound, open three, missed it. Soft for the rebounds. Conley, Tyus Jones knocks it out of his hands. Mike Conley kept his incredible nightlife active on Saturday, hitting his 7-3 to give Utah a 103-100 lead. But Memphis still, and stop me if you've heard this one before, would not go away. Chest ahead to Bain. Bogdanovich cuts him off. He's on the near side. Top to Royce. Excuse me, top to Brooks. Guarded by Royce. Wiggly in the lane. Fading back. High arcing shot. Good over Gobert. That gave Memphis their first lead of the game, 106-105. It was short-lived as Donovan Mitchell would respond. Bogdanovich flares to the wing. Comes off a Rudy pick. Gives to Mike Conley. Drives on Brooks. Hands to Donovan. Ball fakes Allen. He bites. Drives the lane. Attacks Valanciunas. Scoops and scores and a foul. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan accelerates. Rises. Fires. Pow! Three ball. Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley meets Donovan at half court with a high five and says, yes, sir. And then something really cool happened. With the Grizzlies still within striking distance at 113-109, Rudy Gobert found himself on the low left block and took a page right out of his mentor Mark Eaton's book. O'Neal finds Conley, left corner, down low to Rudy, puts up the shot, scored, and he's fouled. What faith in Rudy Gobert right there by Mike Conley. Dylan Brooks then fouled out on a Donovan Mitchell three-point attempt, and Gobert iced this one away with a forceful swat. Right side, Jaron Jackson in the lane against Rudy, gets it rejected, pulled out of the air by O'Neal, picked up by Conley, fouled by Moran, who's frustrated. And the Jazz have done what number one seeds need to do, taken game three and can take complete control of this series on Monday night, if they haven't already.
121. 111. Utah gets the game three win, takes the series lead 2 1, as you heard Locke there. They led by 12 after one, 11 at the half, and they win the game by 10. Although they gave up that run in the fourth quarter and the third, really, to the Memphis Grizzlies. But Memphis took their first lead uh, in the fourth, and it was uh, it, it evaporated quickly as Donovan Mitchell did what he does in the fourth quarter, Amanda. The first thing that jumps out to me is only five, four live ball turnovers for the Utah Jazz tonight and seven blocks. What jumps off the stat page to you? Well, goodness, I think it's because I was looking at it the entire game, but... Memphis had 15 offensive rebounds and 21 second chance points. That jumps out to me because I feel like that's a huge reason of why they were just sticking around with the Jazz the entire game. You watched a few possessions where it was like they got two or three offensive boards on that possession. Um, But you kind of just mentioned it. You know, Utah, they ended on a 14-2 run and they ended up doing what you know, we all expected Donovan to do, which was go off. And I misspoke. The Jazz had seven live ball turnovers. I think I said four. Yeah. But I meant so I was looking That's at okay. I was looking it's at late. Memphis's line. So seven live ball turnovers for the Jazz, uh, but seven blocks that kind of cancels each other out a little bit. There were some blocks that like you ever just close your eyes and you can like picture that moment. Like I just have Rudy like swatting the ball in my head. I have that uh, all the time. It's a problem, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll wake up uh, in the night screaming like Locke does, Rudy! <laughs> then the house uh, gets all upset. You know my other takeaway? Like, Mike Conley's really good. Like, really good. Like, how good? Like On a scale of 1 to 10. <clears throat> I got a fun fact for you. Okay. You want it? Yeah, and then we'll get out to the phone calls. Fun fact, Eric Fun fact, Jensen. This is like, a, it's a cue thing. You know, I do it on my Jazz Game Rewind, so I plugged that. Um, <laughs> Mike Conley's fourth, this was his fourth career, 25-5 and 5 playoff game. His first since April of 2017. Which would have been with the Memphis Grizzlies, obviously. Right. They're at the grindhouse, exactly. as it were. Well, the Jazz get it done. Mike Conley was great. Donovan Mitchell led all scores with 29. 9 of 23 from the field. Uh, and uh, it was not a perfect game, but the Jazz, I feel like, and then we'll, I promise we'll get to the phone calls, I feel like this is how the series is going to go. The Jazz are going to be leading by double digits. The Grizzlies are never going to quit, and then the Jazz will pull away late in the end. Well, Memphis didn't lead until, until like quarter. 4.52 left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They went up 107-105. Yeah, uh, 106, 105, wasn't it? But anyway, I mean, whatever it was. I mean, fun I mean, fact. I was, I was doing stats. But <laughs> that is a fun, fun fact. All right, 855 340 zone. We've got a stacked phone bank. But the reason you're here tonight, Amanda, is because our guy Johnny Lightfoot is melting faces at a concert someplace. <laughs> But I understand that he's actually called in to the show from said concert. He wants his job back. Oh, and then Eric hung up on him. So I'm just kidding. He just lost you somehow. So, Johnny, uh, call back in. <laughs> we'll get you on. But our, our guy, Robin, I like to get Robin in first each and every night. He is always there for us on Jazz Playoff Overtime. Hey, Robin, how you feeling after that one? Austin, thanks for taking my call. Amanda, welcome. Johnny, call back. Tanya, <laughs> call, Tanya. We want Tanya to call back twice. Yeah, Tanya. But, uh, <laughs> Tanya's got five phone calls in two games so far. So we, we... I, 
I'm about 30 miles outside of Burley, Scott Gerard in uh, Ham's territory, driving back to Salt Lake, and it's always a much better drive when we win. But my son was there tonight, and he said the atmosphere was awesome. Um, like like you said, this might be Conley's best back-to-back game since he's been in the Jazz uniform. But if, if you guys could give me about 30 seconds. Um, Dad had season tickets from 86 to about 98 for the Jazz. And uh, one of the golden greats was, was Big Mark. And uh, hearing about that today, what a shocker. Jerry Sloan, we kind of expected it. But Mark was uh, not very many of these guys stick around and become a, a part of our city and our culture and become a Salt Lake City person. And I can't wait to see that big 53 on his on all our jerseys. And I just wanted to say thanks to Mark and his family. And uh, we'll let the other guys talk about the game. But go Jazz, and thank you guys for doing your job. And it'll be fun to listen for the rest of the night. Thank you. Thanks, Robin. Appreciate it. And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, we do need to uh, pay tribute to Mark. Uh, you, you saw and heard that play by Rudy Gobert with the little Mark Eaton hook shot. I heard I, – I, I, I talked a lot on Utah Carson's today about Mark Eaton. He's, a, he's an incredible person and a good basketball player. Uh, and, then, and I heard from his son-in-law and his grandkids are, are just devastated. Uh, at the shocking, albeit you know, unexpected loss, and Rudy Gobert has has a really, really, really close relationship with Mark Eaton. Mark Eaton really took Rudy Gobert under his wing when Rudy was a, a youngster here in Utah, fresh from France, in a different world, different language, different culture, and he, everywhere you go as a seven footer, you are the focus. That's that's really hard, especially on a young player who's not been out of France before, Mark Eaton really took him under his wing, and you saw Rudy tweet about how he was a mentor to him. So the Jazz get the win. It doesn't do anything to uh, subside the grief we feel for uh, our, the loss of Mark Eaton, but uh, it does help things when you can exorcise that grief through a win for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I. Um, for those who maybe don't know, I haven't lived in – in Utah my whole life. I'm from Illinois, so I've only lived out here for about three years. Um, and I will be honest, like when I was younger, I didn't closely follow the Utah Jazz just because I was from Chicago. Um, but in the time that I've lived here, and kind of just to reiterate what you were saying, Austin, is like you hear about Mark Eaton, the basketball player, but I think the consensus even today is like the person first. Um, and I, I also think that Sports are so special in that way, too, where maybe you've never met this person, but they've had such an impact on your life. Um, so so thoughts to his family for sure and, and to everyone who mourns his loss. 855-340-ZONE. Thank you, Robin. Robin calls in every night. We appreciate it. Uh, let's get back to, to the phone lines. I believe a Johnny Foot of the Light has called back in. He's back. He wants his job back again. <laughs> Sup? What's up? Why, why are you not... I thought you had a concert. What concert ends before no, no. midnight? That's a good point. No, man, we're we're back on the tour bus, driving down the road after a great sold-out night show. It was unbelievable and fabulous to be back playing a gig. Music is back, my friends. Amanda, you sound fabulous. You, I'm the one that needs to be worried about a job. I think you're going to take mine away. Austin, you're just okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's. I want her to take my job, frankly. Uh, if you're coming back. Johnny, so. my favorite part of that was that you plugged. Uh, it was sold out. 
<laughs> I just threw my that sold in out. There. My sold out show. Yeah, we're just coming <laughs> back from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casual. Well, Johnny, we miss you. <laughs> uh, you'll be back Monday. Maybe. Look, look, the reason I the reason I'm calling in is because I owe jazz fans an apology. At the, after game two on our wrap up show, Austin, I went on and said the Jazz are gonna lose this game. Remember this? I came out strictly said that they were gonna lose it and when was I wrong. However, I'm tired of the Jazz letting the Memphis Grizzlies back in the game, and they need to stop these offensive rebounds. It's killing them. If they didn't stop these offensive rebounds, we would actually have a pretty much a blowout game. They need to knock it off. But I'm happy, and to all the Jazz fans out there, sorry, I was wrong. You were wrong. You'll be wrong again. Uh, I, 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 I've never been wrong in the last two minutes. So, oh my gosh, uh, it's felt good. Now, you, you, the Jazz, they. Johnny, I'll disagree with one thing. The offensive rebounding didn't kill them. They won. And you don't get more than one win if you win by in blowout fashion. It all counts for one win. Oh, my gosh. So letting, a, correct, te- letting a team back in it, letting John Morant go off in game two, letting the offensive rebounds go, you still win, so you just move right along. So you're just okay with just a win. In the they playoffs, did, I mean, yes. they did, like, <laughs> just enough. You have to I get mean, four like, wins. Okay. And that I means mean, you're you, right. That means you have to score more points than the other team four times. Yeah, I often say basketball is <laughs> this very complex game that at the end of the day, whoever scores the most points wins, right? Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, the old Carlos Bo- Boozer take. What's the key <laughs> to the game? Scoring more than the other team. I, I got to tell you, we were doing something we probably shouldn't have at our sold-out show. But we were uh, we all had our phones on stage and we're watching the game. And during that fourth quarter, Gal, our imaginations Charlie... ran so fast on that comment. There, you meant you were watching the game on stage. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. We what did I say? Well, you said you were doing something you probably shouldn't have at a concert, and we all went, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, we know. And it's time to end the yeah, call. Yeah, watching. <laughs> we were watching the game on our phones <laughs> instead of entertaining the sold out crowd. Did I mention it was sold out? No. No. No, was it? Oh, okay. Was it? Uh, well, how many no, people no, were there? Was it sold anyway. out? It was like five. <laughs> In a four capacity. No, room, but I've got to tell you, you, you are absolutely right, Austin. A win is a win. The Jazz controlled Jaw much better tonight. He didn't go off for a record amount of But this letting him back in the game, and the Jazz have been doing this all year. They've been letting teams back in the game when they've got them down and they got the foot on the neck and ready to destroy it. I'm kind of with Johnny. You? Who are you, Gordon Monson? Let the Jazz fans I'm have a night. I'm kind of with Johnny They won. Here. They won game two. They won game three. And we get on here and go, yeah, but they gave up rebounds and they gave up points and they had turnovers. They won. <laughs> they did win, but it was yeah, like. Great they won. But you know what? If we get against whoever comes out of the East, let's say we make it. Or let's just go to the Lakers. The East. Let's say we're playing the Lakers and we, <laughs> we let them we've back We've played in. three games in this series, bud. And they and they've won two of them. The East. Who are you, Jim Mora? <laughs> Playoffs. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, right. I'll yell at you more night. on Monday. <laughs> oh, did I lose him? Do we lose Johnny? Bye, Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. Eight five five three four zero zone. I, I hope he knows I'm kidding. Do you? Uh, Sometimes Johnny can't read my sarcasm. Yeah. He I'm, called me earlier today because uh, he teched my remote this morning and. I accused him of shaking up my drink because it exploded. <laughs> I thought you were uh, serious. And uh, he thought I was no. maybe being serious. So I'm not, Johnny. You are amazing. I love you. I was gonna. I was gonna go. Do you know a uh, OAR, the band? Yeah. 
Yeah. You you know that song, Crazy Game of Poker? No. It's going to be like, so I said, Johnny, what you doing tonight? And like, see if he was going to finish the line for me. But I decided to go against it. And then now I just did it anyway. So. Cut that. We'll be saving <laughs> that for posterity. 855-340-ZONE. Jordan has been waiting patiently through all of this. Jordan, what are your thoughts as the Jazz get it done 121-111 and take a 2-1 series lead? My th- I have a lot of go- thoughts going through my mind right now. And by the way, how are you guys doing? I hope you're all doing good. Yeah, we had a yeah, party good. here. Thank arena. you for asking. Yeah. How are you doing? Tired, but so pumped still for Toronto. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a good game. <laughs> so what would you think of game three? I have two thoughts I'd like to share, if that's okay. First, um, Austin, 100% agree with you on the last conversation that was just uh, had before I came on. A win is a win is a win is a win. And I I was talking with my cousin about this, and he actually said something that I kind of agree with, that he liked it being a challenge. So they're not just getting easy cupcake wins in the first round, that they're going to be ready for the next round, that they can especially with Donovan Mitchell coming back from so much time off. Imagine that he's still a little rusty. I mean, he's being amazing, but still a little rusty, he says. And he's still getting this close wins. They're getting back together. I think they're going to be perfect if they can win two more games for the next round. Yeah, you tell them, Jordan. You tell these jazz <laughs> haters that I'm sitting in between all, all over here. It's jazz, not hating. Jazz win by 10. They're like, only 10. No. What's going to happen <laughs> when they play the East? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Be well, buddy. Yeah, Thanks for calling in. No, I understand what Jordan was saying. I understand what you were saying. All I'm saying is, why do you want it to be that you're up by one with four minutes left in the game? Like, you're the don't one get me that wrong. Said you'd like yes, your team to win by I one. I do, at but the buzzer. Do, do I think that the teams want them to win by one at the buzzer? No. They want to well, they win. want to win. Period. I, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna win this argument. <laughs> if if Quinn Snyder was sitting in that chair to your left, then he'd say a win is a win. <laughs> no, he'd probably actually be all about all the mistakes that were made, because he's a good coach. Exactly. And that's what good coaches do. Meticulous. But I'm just a fan head, <laughs> and I see a win, and I go woohoo! So counts. I just think whether that you win these... by one or you win by a hundred, it's one win. I get that. I just think that there's these certain stretches during the game where like. They let Memphis open the fourth quarter on a 13-2 to run, and John Morant's not even in the game. But see, that's not—that shouldn't be seg- segment A. Should not I be. I get it. I understand what win. you're saying. <laughs> that's how d- Gordon starts the big show every day. The Jazz won, but they had 17 turnovers, Jake. See, that's why they won. Me and Gordon. Let's talk be about like them this. winning. Let's talk about them doing really well. Let's talk about Mike Conley doing well. And then in segment two, three, or four, we'll go. But they've got to clean this up. No, I'm going to shake it up. (laughs) I'm going to shake it up. I'm only here for one night. (laughs) No, no. no, (laughs) You might be more. Johnny, we got to keep Johnny thinking that it might be more because it's fun to play with. Johnny's just going to keep sitting on that tour bus, and (laughs) he'll end up where he ends up. 855-340-ZONE. Ryan, you hold tight. Dustin is up next. Hey, Dustin. Hey, how we doing? Great. What were your thoughts as this uh, this one went final? Well, I mean, as, for, as far as the game goes, I thought once you got down to maybe three or four minutes left and the Grizzlies make this run, I felt like the Jazz, even though they had lost the lead, looked very composed. Rudy wasn't fighting fouls. He wasn't arguing with the refs. 
if the Grizzlies made a good shot, the Jazz just set back on defense, got their sets going. They looked very composed. They weren't panicking. So I liked that. But as the game got going, I had a question for you guys. Um, Mike Conley is obviously the best, maybe at worst, second best ever Memphis Grizzlies player. And the way he left the Grizzlies was very amicable. A lot of the people in Memphis love him. So how do you think it would be to be a Memphis Grizzlies fan who your favorite teams are probably the Memphis Grizzlies and in the playoffs you want to see Mike do well, but now he's playing against your team and beating them. What kind of mix of emotions would that be? Uh, it, it, it helps that John Morant is what he is, but it would be, uh, you know, I, I, I'll put it in t- context of my favorite team, the Angels. If the Angels finally do something well, but, but Mike Trout is playing for the opponent, that's tough, man. That that is emotions. Yeah. That's no, like I agree. Stab, that stab in the heart, like that would be rough. I I feel for these Grizzly fans. Like they have a fun, awesome future ahead of them, but they're watching a legend beat them. But I think you can root for your team and still like root individually for a player. Yeah, I, and I think that's a lot easier when they're not playing your team. But I do agree. They're probably happy for Mike, but it does hurt a little bit anyways I just well, it was here, very if the jazz and i say if but when the jazz win this series the grizzlies fans are going to be cheering for the jazz going forward because it's mike i Conley. agree yeah i agree i think that's what and you're maybe saying we're a regular yeah. market then because we have two small markets cheering for the jazz so now we're like you know an average team as far as fans go so i'd be good i'll take i'll take uh years to come of jazz grizzlies rivalries i i will Me that will be fun that would be fun that would be a lot of fun thanks jordan it's, it's been a great series so far or Dustin, yep. thanks for the call. Appreciate yep. it. Eight five five three four zero zone. Out to the phone lines we go. Jazz playoff overtime. Ryan, or as we affectionately know him around these parts, Wild Turkey, is on the the playoff show. Have we ever spoken before, Ryan, or just tweeted at each other? Just tweeted at each other. This is but an it's honor, so good sir. To talk to you for once. This is an Thank honor, you. an you absolute well. honor. Absolutely. I appreciate the time, guys. You guys do a great job. So I had two thoughts, one of them positive, another one maybe slightly negative. I'm kind of a pessimist. The positive, Amanda, I'm glad you, like myself, a former Chicagoan, uh, came to your senses and found the Wasatch Front. (laughs) All right, just putting that. The second one, this matchup wasn't a matchup I anticipated Joe Engel struggling with. I think Locke hinted at it that in the second half, Ingles kind of got played off the floor. And Dylan Brooks, I think, in the stat here out of office, eight of nine when uh, Joe Ingles is the primary defender. And again, being the pessimist that I am, we I think we all could, can agree that at some point we're going to need Joe Ingles throughout these playoffs to step in in a big way. We need his ball handling, his passing, his shooting. And I think because of his positional size and his instincts, he's above average defender or those. Uh, traits you can't necessarily teach help cover for things like foot speed, obviously stuff like that. And so, Austin, talk me off the Ingles ledge, please. Oh, gall. Um, it, I will talk you off the Ingles ledge by saying he's played the way he's played and the Jazz are still winning the series. I could not right. go with that next round, though, if it's still going, like you said. The, if the Jazz yeah. are going to go deep in the playoffs – the thing that the Jazz have going for them is their depth. But if Joe Ingles isn't playing well, that depth uh, gets really shallow really quickly. Yeah, that was a great number that yep. you brought up, one from the radio broadcast, yeah. where 
he's eight of nine when Ingles is, or Dylan Brooks, to be specific, is eight of nine when Joe Ingles is guarding him. Um, and you kind of saw him walk off the court when Mieoni came in for him, and he just looked a little, like, defeated almost. Who, Ingles? Yeah. Huh. Did you see him walk off the court? I did not, no. He just looked, like, a little, like a little down. Um, yeah, you don't see that with Joe. Yeah, and so it's, like, it's hard to say what it was about, right? But, like... At some point, you have to figure out how to at least contain somebody. Hmm. Yeah. And if I could just take this, like, one step further. Sorry, sorry, Austin, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. But I think the Jordan Clarkson that we've become accustomed to seeing, maybe the inefficiency has kind of taken a step back the first three games of this series. And is Ingles possibly playing a role on that by not taking pressure, even though, you know, Clarkson's kind of, his own guy puts his head down, goes to work, and is very one of the better isolation players in the league. But, you know, again, just a little pessimistic right now and concerned about Joe because he's so crucial. And we've seen him have a huge impact on uh, playoff series in the past. They're all good points. It, it's not something that you can just kind of wipe away with my my whole, they won by 10 and they're <laughs> leading the series because yeah. it is it is an eyebrow raise at this point. It's not a crisis yet. I don't think you're saying that. Uh, because no. Jordan Clarkson, 11 shots, 15 points, not the best night, not, but that's kind of a Jordan Clarkson off-the-bench uh, normal performance. Mm -hmm. And you got 29 and 27 from Conley and Mitchell, so you didn't need more. Yeah. But if you only get uh, in the 11, 12 range from either Mitchell or Conley, then Clarkson or Ingles need to step it up, and this would, that wouldn't have been the case tonight. But it's a 10-point sure. win in a game where it looked like the home team was gaining some momentum, took that late fourth-quarter lead, and the Jazz shut them back down to 1-by-10. I think it's a celebratory night for Utah Jazz fans. Celebrate that. Awesome. Because of you, I can rest my head peacefully tonight. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, check back Monday, and I'll have a different take for you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not hour, helping maybe. anybody. Uh, one guy that can help us, <laughs> this is, now we just had an incredible moment as Wild Turkey called into the show. But if anybody can one-up Wild Turkey, it's the man, the myth, the legend, Craig Bowlerjack? Are we sure this is actually Craig Get Bowlerjack? Get out of here. Bowler. Uh, hey, how you guys doing? It is Bowler. Hi, I thought maybe Craig. it was, I thought it could be Tim Lacombe trolling us. Uh, it, oh, it, it's no, easier. no. It is Bowler. You know, I was just on my way home. I was in the back lot of the arena. We were reminiscing uh, the crew tonight about Mark Eaton. And I just jumped in the car to see if you were still on. And I'm impressed. You know what, Austin? I'll be honest. This feels like old days where you get fans to call in and talk about the hot topic of the day i loved it. i thought i'm gonna call i'm gonna call and say hello this is your type of sports radio craig bowler jack you like hearing from the fans a lot this that this I, show is so much I, fun because of the fans i i think the fans have a lot to say you know and i think in our modern day that we do digital whatever but you know when gordon and i started the old days it was all about getting fans that call you know call and say, now look you get some you get some crazies but it's fun uh, to talk about, you know, what is going on. You get the real feel of what jazz fans, whether it's you fans, Cougar fans, are talking about, right? So when I heard you two on, I said I got a call on my way home. So, well, hello. We, we, need to, we need to get your thoughts uh, on the game. But you did bring up uh, Big Mark. 
It's been a tough day, I think, for everybody because of the way Mark lived his life. He made everyone feel like they were his friend. And uh, yeah. I'm sure you have countless interactions and stories about Big Mark. Uh, what will you remember about Mr. Eaton? Well, you know, first, the person was uh, put in a position when you're, you know, born and you grow to seven, you know, seven feet, four inches. It puts you in quite a unique, you know, situation. And, you know, I'm just, I think the story is so intriguing that a little UCLA, a little junior college mechanic, given a chance, a rookie at 26 uh, to make an impact in this league. And really, I thought, help keep help kept the jazz in Utah, I think is really where the storyline goes. It didn't hurt to have a John Stockton drafted in, in 84 and the Carl Malone in 85. But, you know, he's just special, uh, a special person. Um, I don't think he ever wanted the spotlight, a two-time defensive player of the year and over 3,000 blocks. But, you know, that's what God gave him, and I thought he handled it really well. I think the story that always will stay with me, honestly, was when I was at KSL and we traveled and covered the Jazz in the playoffs. Uh, we always flew commercial, and so we were on the Jazz flights many times, and I would see him get off those flights, unfold the legs, and walk through the terminal, and John could just basically hide out. You know, nothing, you know, Stock was just that type of character. You know, hey, hey, Mark, you take it from here. And, <laughs> and John would put on a ball cap and blend in, let's just say, right? Okay. He could blend in at 6-1, but Mark couldn't. And I, I think from my perspective, I was kind of waiting as a reporter to see if there was, you know, I guess a time of did he feel did he feel like he was being taken advantage of? But no, he embraced it. Uh, he didn't try to hide from his height. And I can't tell you how many times I watched him walk through the airport, and moms and dads would stop him so the photo could be taken with the uh, five or six year old son or daughter. <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of pictures back in the day that were on bulletin boards in their bedrooms yeah. where Mark Eaton. The seven four foot giant would stand alongside the, the the young lady or the young man, but I always was just impressed with the way that he handled that because many people would hide and try to shy away, but Mark, I, I, to his credit, I thought embraced it and made a lot of people feel good about themselves because he took the time. To me, that's what really stands out most about Mark: the heart and the person and just humanity of the man. Um, I miss him, you know, I really do. And I, I know it's been 24 hours, but I got a call this morning from Carl Malone and, and I'm very upset Carl Malone, by the way, those, that group in 83, 84, 85, 86, Frank Layden, Jerry Sloan came on later in the scene, but that was a special group of foundation players and, you know, we've lost Coach Sloan. Uh, now we've lost Mark way too early. And I think I hope we always remember, uh, you know, how this franchise was built and the foundation pieces. And obviously the Griffiths, the Carls, the Johns, and the Mark Eatons and the Jerry Sloans and the Frank Laytons are all part of the history of the Jazz. And we lost a big piece today. Absolutely. We really did. Yes, indeed we did. What did you think of – 
the fitting hook shot from Rudy Gobert that pretty much iced this game away tonight. Where did that come from? That came from Mark Eaton is where that came yeah. from, right? Yeah. You know, I'd say I don't know if, if people believe in the, the higher power, but there was something going on there tonight. I mean, I just like, whoa. That, and, and Big T was very emotional throughout. I mean, Thurl played with him for nine years, and I just thought tonight was Mark's night and the Jazz night. Uh, look, Memphis is a good young team. They haven't – they don't have as much playoff experience as a Mike Conley, even a Donovan Mitchell and a Rudy Gobert, but – they really made a push. I, I like this team. I like, I like, you know, what John Morant and Valanciunas. Dylan Brooks is a little bit out of his head at, at, at times, but you can't take away the fact he's a competitor. But I, I like the fact that Jazz stood up late, got some big, big, big defensive stops, some clutch shooting late, free throw line, Conley and Donovan combined uh, for nearly 60 points in the backcourt. And, you know, I thought we saw who the Jazz should be. Uh, they're up 2-1 another night on Monday, but they could really make a statement again with a win on Monday. Uh, but I like I like the way they played. You know, they, they, they played pretty consistent throughout. I expected, you know, Memphis to make that run, which they did. But I, I love the way the defense stood up late and shut the door. And Dylan Brooks fouled out, and it seemed like that was kind of the last, um, last hope for, for Memphis tonight. John Morant, they corralled him a little bit. I mean, Quinn told me in the coaches' show that you know you've got to you got to crowd him, and I thought they did a pretty good job. Uh, he's an incredible talent, but it's a big win for Utah tonight. A lot of emotion today, a lot of emotion, but they fought through it, and uh, they're up two one. This has been a really fun series so far. Austin and I were talking about how. I don't know, these games, personally, I like closer games uh, and ones that ultimately, you know, result in a Jazz win. But I'm wondering, Craig, because, you know, there was the watch party tonight with all the fans there. We've got fans calling in. I'm wondering from your perspective how you would describe the environment um, doing something that, frankly, I don't think has ever been done before here. No. No, I'm glad you're on the show, by the way. Thank you for saying that. Austin, it wasn't you because I called. (laughs) Yeah. It was I, I don't oh, think the, it's me because uh, Robin, Jordan, Johnny, Dustin, Ryan, and Jordan again have called tonight. Yeah, and now you. <laughs> they're, they're lined up, right? They're yeah. lined up. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. No, it, it, it really um, it was it was special. I'm, I'm I'm glad the Jazz tried this. It's something new. Uh, it was different for me because we've been calling games off the jumbotron, as you guys know, uh, for the last what. 16, 14 months, hmm. and to actually have, gosh, Austin, I'm not, was it 5,000 or so? I think just it under, was in there. Yeah, just under. Yep. And, it, and it, it felt really good to have the reaction and to get them involved. And, you know, it, I think the fans took to it as well. I think we're going to see it again uh, throughout, I'm hoping, second round. Look, it's, it's national television after we're done. Uh, in round one, but I, I hope that we'll do watch parties and open up the arena on road games, and you know all of this can be a part of it. Um, I, I it, it it drove me because I've missed the fans, I've missed the energy, and uh, I think we all felt it tonight. They enjoyed it, and you know we could probably put in a, a few more thousand in there too, to yeah. be honest. As a as a broadcaster, and then we'll let you get to bed. <laughs> uh, as a broadcaster. You feed off the the environment so much that pe- people may not realize, Craig, 
you can still do your job, and you did it very well with empty arenas uh, and just watching it on, on the screen where it was like eight of us here in the building each night. But when <laughs> yeah. you've got that crowd, you've got that extra juice, and it's got to be oh, better for your job, right? It is. It is. You know, I, I got to thank everybody who is, uh, you know, I've heard a few criticisms along the way over the last, uh, you know, year and a, a few months. Look, we've been calling games of jumbotrons we've been calling games in rooms uh with you know 42 inch monitors but that's our job you know I, I never thought it would come to that during covid but it was some of the biggest challenges austin we've talked about it mm -hmm. uh during you know different shows the big show and you know i would rather have a packed house every time everywhere i go because you feed off of that and the fans at home i think hear it they heard it tonight you know by the way not only from memphis but the crowd in the building uh, that was given the jazz some extra juice. So um, I'm glad we did it. It helped me. And I think it helped lift the jazz to a 10 point win. Right. And yeah. it's two, one, it could have swung the other way late. I, I kind of thought maybe the home crowd in Memphis would maybe, um, you know, push it to a two, one grizzly lead, but now we're sitting much prettier than we were, you know, 24 hours ago. It's been an emotional day. And I think it tells you a lot about what where the Jazz have been, right? I mean, over the last 16 months, from COVID to the bubble, uh, to the Rudy Donovan conversation, could that you know relationship be repaired? Obviously, yes. Um, and then a flight to Memphis. That, then a flight to Memphis yeah. that ended up with a flock of seagulls or whatever it was. Yeah. But you got you got to appreciate. I mean, with the journey this team's been through. Uh, guys, it, it really is amazing to me uh, that they persevered, and today you have to play. And Rudy, I think, had to be impacted on his mentor passing away. I mean, his words were really, I thought, telling when he found out Mark had passed. And uh, it just tells you, I think, uh, just how close this team is. And that may be the final storyline with the jazz when this is all said and done, how far they go, because they've, they've been through so much uh, that this is just another piece of the puzzle uh, today. And you, you hope uh, that it leads them to great things. Western conference final an NBA title. I'll be driving the truck, Austin. You can ride side <laughs> saddle, all you guys, man, just let's just run it down to St. George and, and back. But uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to bed. I've talked too much. You got a lot of fans waiting, but, just had a call and say hello. It's a feel-good night and a sad day, but a feel-good night, to, to be honest. It's a great cap to a, an emotional, memorable day uh, and one that uh, Jazz fans won't forget. And, uh, you know, I, when I sent out uh, my initial tweet about Mark Eaton, I looked down and it had 53 likes, and I thought, I better screenshot that. Number 53. It's just there was a lot of poetry oh. today. Andrew, what do you think? I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty impressive. To be honest, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys that like I'm one for you know whatever force or universe or higher power you believe in, right? Like, there's all those little things. Austin brought up the hook shot, the 53 on his tweet. Uh, you know, Rudy passed Mark Eaton in this game for 13th on the Jazz all-time playoffs made shots. Like, it, the timing... Did he really? Wow, yeah. I didn't realize that. Uh, the timing, just just There's so no strange. And so, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing all those stories, Craig. Those were incredible. Thanks for calling no, in, Bowler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, 
you know, we got to get uh, maybe Gordon retired and make a move here. <laughs> uh, good luck just... with, with that one. Uh, the radio is too sweet a gig, man. Uh, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. I know it. No, you guys do a great job. I've been listening for a while on my way home, but uh, I just had to call in and say hello. And uh, Jazz Nation, uh, hello and uh, good night. Thanks, Bowler. Thanks, Greg. Well, catch him on uh, Monday night, and I think it's so dumb that local TV gets cut off after the first round. That's so ridiculous by the NBA. Such a personal, not business move. Mm. I know it's, but what what would it harm them to let us watch our local guys and gals? I do think I know, but I do think that this watch party tonight was super cool. Like I think that's a really cool thing that the the team did and i was joking before the game i was like i had to read it five different times granted i was here working right but i'm like it's free you know when you're like is it free it's the watch party yeah i'm like it's free what's the catch well i don't know what's the catch but it was you know i think that that's just such super cool thing for the team to do um and by no means was it comparable to when like all the fans are here and you can like kind of feel the things around you shaking but even up in the studio tonight like I could hear fans, like, cheering and chanting, and it was fun. It was. It was fun. Uh, we, we've we missed that so much through this pandemic time, and it's it's good to see it on its way back. And if the Jazz do make a deep playoff run, fingers crossed, everyone does what we're supposed to do, we might have a full house come July. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But for now, the Jazz are up two games to one. Game four comes your way Monday uh, from Memphis. It is a Memorial Day game. The zone will be off all day until pregame that night. So make sure you tune in uh, for that. 855-340-ZONE. Jordan is going for the record. Tanya hasn't called in yet. Uh, Shout out to Tanya. Jordan's coming for you. Jordan, what's up, buddy? You had more thoughts on this one? Yes, I did. Good and, luck uh, following Bowler Craig Jack. Bowler Jack, by the way. Yeah, no I pressure. know. I was going to just hope he hears <laughs> that we are okay waiting in line. <laughs> let him talk. <laughs> the difference oh, no, between Austin, Bowler and know. Gordon is Bowler would let you cut him in line. Gordon would never let uh, – I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> also, Austin, uh, I do come and talk also to talk to you because, again, you're one of my favorites on the station. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. There, take that, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That's okay. Amanda, oh, you're we'll also bond. really great today. <laughs> you're also really great. What everyone wants to hear. I love hey, you, Jordan. Austin, I love you so You're really great. I love you, No, Jordan. I'm just playing with you. Amanda, you're here too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> okay, um, so just a quick thought, and uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, because when we're watching the fourth quarter of my cousin, and shout out to... Michael McCurdy, my cousin who hosted our party today for the Jazz. But um, I felt super nervous. Again, I'm glad that we won, but I was nervous when there was a 13-2 run. And then when after that, I believe, is when Conley and Mitchell both finally on the court together in the fourth quarter. And I feel like that specifically for the offense, at least, because we were not getting any shots, was the difference in a, a win versus a loss on our offensive side. I feel like if we didn't have Conley or Mitchell, one of them or the other, that we would have lost this game. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on what that difference will be going on if we can get past this round and making a deep push into the playoffs, that having both of them, not just one or the other, but both of them, uh, Conley to make 
uh, things more open for others and also make critical shots and Donovan Mitchell with his energy and his youth. Well, Donovan finished with 10 of Utah's final 15 points, uh, just to build on what you were saying. Um, And I think one of the plays at the end of the game that stands out to me most is kind of what he did all game to Dylan Brooks. He kept getting him to foul him. Uh, And ultimately, Dylan Brooks fouls out of the game, right? So uh, I think it's that read, that awareness, the smartness, obviously something that he watched on film and was like, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to guard this. Um, and, and I just think that I definitely agree with what you're saying. At the end of the game, he took over. And that's what you expect him to do. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, he's done that since day one that he was a rookie. He's a second-half player, Donovan Mitchell is. And not mm-hmm. only is he a second-half player, but he's maybe the most uh, uh, obsessed film study player in Utah Jazz history. That guy, and I heard Locke mention this as I was driving into the arena tonight. Clearly tonight, Donovan Mitchell knew where Don, where uh, Dylan Brooks was going to be yeah. even when he trailed him so that he could make sure that Dylan was then reaching in and getting called for that foul that ended up fouling out, Brooks fouled out on not not egregious fouls, but fouls nonetheless. And it's, it's tough for a, a physical defensive player like Dylan Brooks that gives nobody any space that then when that player that he's guarding outsmarts him and takes that space that he's not giving him and makes it a foul, Donovan Mitchell not only scored 10 of the last 15 points, but kept Dylan Brooks from turning it around for Memphis. Absolutely. And and, uh, another quick thing, if that's okay, uh, since you brought up Dylan Brooks, do you guys, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on this because I'm kind of confused, but why do you think Dylan Brooks is showing so much, I feel at least, maybe not this, but so much disrespect to Mike Conley, who is the, who was a foundation for the Grizzlies being great in the past, like the way he's been treating him, the head button game sure. one or two, and the, all the stuff today. Sure. Like, wh- where's that coming from against Mike Conley? Uh, to be fr- really honest with you, I don't think Dylan Brooks realizes who he's playing against most of the time. He does that against he, he does that to every player. That's Dylan Brooks' <laughs> uh, DNA. That's what he's known for. Is he? He's a bully. He plays bully ball, and he and he's relentless, and uh, he gets physical, and he crosses lines. I don't think it's that he's just uh, got a target out for Mike Conley. I think he does that to every player he goes up against. Can I counter and be like, I don't think Mike Conley cares. <laughs> like, he <laughs> Although he did tonight. He talked back I, a little and bit. And I loved that. Which you right? never see but it's from like, Conley. It's not yeah. like he was getting in his head, True. which I think is what you do when you start talking a little trash, right? You're trying to kind of get in the other person's head, get him going, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at Mike Conley's stat line, uh, it's incredible. He was the difference. Literally the difference. He wasn't the leading scorer, but he was the difference. But it's not, it's not always the most points, right? It's yeah. like you look at his assist numbers through these first three playoff games. They're just incredible. You look at his – he was like grabbing defensive rebounds. Over Jonas Valanciunas. Right. I yeah. loved on the radio broadcast, uh, Ron and David were like, get you a guard that can literally <laughs> do everything. Um, and so, you know – it, it it's obviously comes off as, as disrespect when you watch it back. But, yeah, they were talking a little bit, but I don't think that he by any means accomplished what he wanted to and he didn't get in Conley's head. 
Yep, you're not going to get in Conley's Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jordan. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. You can call in as many times as you'd like. We are going to take our first break here tonight on Jazz Playoff Overtime. On the other side, we need to talk about uh, Rudy Gobert's importance and his role in this series. He again had five fouls tonight, but it ended up not being much of a problem. Royce O'Neal got into some foul trouble. This is where Amanda Smith gets excited because we're going to break down some of the mistakes the Jazz made in this what? game tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Go, we got to go to break. 340 zone. We'll be right back. <laughs> Eight five five three four zero zone. It's Jazz Playoff Overtime, the third edition of twenty twenty one. It's been a couple seasons since we did Jazz Playoff Overtime. It's so good to be back. Uh, I miss my guy Adrian. Respect, uh, but Johnny's been doing a nice job. Amanda's in here tonight. Eric is in for Alex Lundberg. Changed they all abandoned the me. They we all abandoned me. Yeah, but you guys, I, you got my back. You are well. Give. Give Alex a little more credit. Alex has been here since like God knows when in the morning. <laughs> I mean I think he, he said like he was here for like six AM or something. He was here from like yeah. six AM to like almost eleven thirty. <laughs> Give the uh-huh. guy some credit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Listen, I like we're shaking it up. Different crew. We're talking. <laughs> I like I like it. Uh so uh, I'm not giving any of those guys credit. You can if you'd like, <laughs> but uh, they, they, Alex needed to get some sleep. <laughs> You're being mean. He knows. You're being. He mean. knows I'm kidding because when we started <laughs> the playoffs, I said, "Hey, if you ever need to go home, get someone to know. fill in for yeah. you. We'll we'll take care Let of me it." Know. Uh, but later we will have to update you on the fantasy scoring. I have my own little fantasy points system that David Lockwood just abhor. What is it? Uh, I add points, rebounds, and assists, and I minus turnovers and fouls and give them a score, each player a score for what? the game. And we drafted Alex, Johnny, and I drafted six players each from the Jazz and Grizzlies rosters, oh, and then we update these these scores each and every game. Yeah, David Locke would fight that, me on that a, makes a playground fight <laughs> if he heard that that was the way I score my, my fantasy points. But you and Johnny both wanted so badly – to just talk about all the horrible things the Jazz did. They, they, the Jazz are only leading the series by one game, Amanda. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I should have known. You know, I should have known when I tried to just make a valid point. But what are – That for, I would just come back to, well, who won? For real, for real, for real. I'm going <laughs> to really, really try right now. The Jazz are up two games to one. They win this by ten. But what are the concerns you have for game four on Monday? Personally, I don't know that I would phrase it as concerns because I, I do feel like Look they're in a really good space. I'm not backpedaling. Back. Okay, he, he never gave me a chance. He never <laughs> gave me a chance. I'm sorry, I thought I would. He okay. said, save it I'm for segment away. two and three. I'm backing away. <laughs> what, what doesn't concern you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what I would say is I think what absolutely needs to be cleaned up that I mentioned earlier and that I know you don't agree with is mm-hmm. the offensive boards and then those second chance opportunity points. 
this ended up being a 10-point game. But let's say something at the end of the game doesn't happen, like Donovan scoring, you know, 10 of the final 15. They don't get those stops. Dylan Brooks doesn't foul out of the game. Those 21 points that they scored on those second-chance opportunities, that's a number that you look back at and you think, I, I don't know that we did the best job that we could here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to see moving forward, you know, just kind of those defensive principles that we know that they're so good at uh, be cleaned up. Uh, well, one of them is really good at those defensive principles. Okay. The other four, at any given time in the game, it's like, oh boy. I'm serious. I mean. The the, the one concern I have about the Utah Jazz is if they have an off-night shooting, which that happens to all, all teams. Yeah. But my number one concern is when Rudy Gobert is either on the bench or with foul trouble, who plays defense for the Utah Jazz? Well, and it was noticeable, right, that when he checked out of the game, you have someone like John Morant who's just attacking the paint. Yeah, and the, every yeah. time he has the ball. Good point. And once again, the Jazz outscored by twenty in the paint tonight. The mm-hmm. game one, they were outscored by twenty in the paint. Game three, they're outscored by twenty in the paint. Game two, they are outscored by four in the paint. So they are what's that? A minus uh, thirty-six on the point in points in the paint differential for the series. Not good. Wasn't that a problem in the bubble for them as well? That they the were points st- in the paint yeah, issue. Yeah, I thought they were. That I was think so. I, I think so. That uh, with Nikola right. Jokic, that would make sense, yeah. right? Uh, and with you know a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, which is a Nikola Jokic light, light, light type player, uh, and maybe not three lights, but he and Jokic are similar players. Uh, so you could see why the points in the paint thing might might be a problem for the Jazz in this series, but. Your point about second chance opportunities is 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 spot on because in the series, do you happen to know in the series how much the Jazz uh, have, have, have been uh, outscored? Buy me some time. Yeah, because I I would I would uh, wager a guess that the Jazz have had probably close to half the second chance opportunities that the Grizzlies have had in this series. Uh, I'm thinking uh, like twenty to ten. Somehow in, in, in this series or something like that, because sit well it'd be more than that because the Grizzlies had 16 tonight alone. So uh, we could probably just uh, go through and add up uh, the box scores. I shouldn't ask a question uh, that uh, that I don't know the answer to. Yeah, but Is we can find out goes? very quickly. Uh, so the second chance points, keeping guys out of foul trouble. Rudy and Royce both had. Did Royce have five or just four tonight? Uh, let's look at the box score real quick here. Rudy Gobert had five fouls. Royce O'Neal had four. And the only one uh, close there was Derek Favors with three. Three fouls in 13 minutes for Derek Favors. Only two points, but he did have two blocks and eight boards and an assist. Not a terrible night. Not uh, one of his better nights. And one other thing that uh, uh, Ryan Wild Turkey brought up, Joe Ingles, it concerns me at times, Joe Ingles in the playoffs, because he'll disappear for big chunks of time in in playoff series. I remember that series back in uh, twenty, oh god, fifteen uh, <laughs> against the Clippers. I can't remember what year it was where he just was he was nowhere to be found uh, against the Houston Rockets. He was really really uh, obsolete uh, against the Houston Rockets in a series. And now we're looking at this Grizzly series, and Joe Ingles, who was runner up for Sixth Man of the Year has just been not himself in the playoffs thus far. 
uh, he, uh, you know, his career playoff score is eight points a game, which is down four from what he scored per game this this season. And you expect guys to maybe take a step back in the playoffs, but not this far. Did I tap dance long enough for us to find the answer? Yes, you okay. did, man. I was about to give the weather do you, like, report do you for do tomorrow. Do you do radio or something? <laughs> I don't know do you what know I just how to said. Stall? I think I said something <laughs> about Joe Ingles. So, so I mean, the offensive rebounds themselves aren't. I mean, it's only a ten point differential or ten point ten differential. So Memphis through these three games have a total of forty one offensive boards. The Jazz thirty one. Oh wow! So it's closer than I. Closer than I thought, but in this game specifically, I think it stands out to me because you look at the number, and then Utah, they only had seven offensive boards and 10 points on those opportunities. So, I mean, you go from 16 to 7, 21 to 10. Yeah. Like, that's that's a big difference. And there was... In what was at one point a close game. Yeah, yeah. And there was a run in the fourth quarter where the Grizzlies got, like... Back-to-back-to-back offensive rebounds. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Melton misses a three. uh, Grizzlies offensive rebound. The next shot, Jaron Jackson misses a three. DeAndre Melton gets the offensive rebound. Grayson Allen misses a three. Jazz defensive rebound. But Jaron Jackson knocks the loose ball off the Jazz. They then miss their next shot and get the offensive rebound again. Yeah. That's three opportunities that they only scored once on out out of the three, being the Grizzlies. But that's, that's... in a tight game, in a tight series, that could kill you. And it didn't tonight, but it could. Kill but you. like the times that they did get those offensive boards, the players that took those shots were players that we know can score. It was John Morant. It was Dylan Brooks. I think uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. missed, you know, a bunny layup. Um, it just those could have gone in if we want to play the could have game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could have gone in, and it could have been a different outcome. Uh, granted, you know, it wasn't, and ultimately Utah wins. But I think moving forward, that's just a number that they're going to be looking at and one that we'll see a difference in next game. Well, uh, the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter alone had 10 offensive rebounds. Right, so they had 16 in the game. In 10 the first in the fourth three quarters. Quarter. <laughs> they, had, they had six. Yeah. And then they had 10 in the fourth quarter. That that'll kill you. Which I mean, then if you you know, you look at the numbers from the fourth quarter, it makes more sense, right? They went on this run. They're getting more opportunities. They end up, you know, cutting it to a 109-107 lead. And then ultimately, from that point on, it was Mitchell Gobert and Conley. Which is a recipe for a lot of success. I know. As I said that, I was like, wait. <laughs> Mitchell that's Gobert a, that's and a good Conley. Combo. Mitchell Gobert and Conley versus Valanciunas, Brooks, and Morant. Right now as it stands. You know Jazz what was like different though too that. is like in the third quarter, Memphis came out and Valanciunas, I remember very specifically, had their first ten points. In the th- in the second half? Yes. Yeah. Like so it was like they adjusted defensively on him. Um very quickly, which was good. What did he finish with? Let's see, eleven points? No, no, he finished ten. with ten. So he only so had he those scored ten. Scored ten straight, and then that was it. Yes, on nine shots, by the way. Very impressive. I believe. Let me look. Yep, nine shots, thirteen boards, five assists for Valanciunas. Anyway, we're starting to get a little into the stat weeds, and that's my fault. But I wanted to what? let fun. you tell us Austin why why Jazz fans should be feeling down after being up two one oh in the series. Oh my gosh! You and Johnny. <laughs> oh, I don't think anyone should feel down. Listen, <laughs> I love breaking down a game, right? Like it's fun. 
I thought this would be a sweep. The Jazz missed 35 threes in game one, and other than that, that's I think I feel pretty good about that. The the number that, I don't know, I always look at the, the final number of field goal attempts on each team, and Utah, they go 40 of 81, and then Memphis is 43 of 100. So they attempted like 23 more shots mm. than the mm. Jazz. Wow. I always find things like that to be super interesting when you like end up looking at attempts. Could have been different, but so obviously you and they Locke don't get along. They don't shoot as well as Utah. Because um, so I start to glaze, my eyes glaze over. And I'm like, I'm back. No, in, wake up. I'm back in math class. Wake up. And I would rather be doing literally anything else. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even close to the advanced numbers. <laughs> no. Let's get our boy getting. Tyson Ewing in here, and uh, then we'll, <laughs> then we'll be. We'll be all over it. All right, uh, Paulo has waited so very patiently. Yay. I'm sorry, Paulo. I, I waxed poetic there. Your turn. Thanks for calling in. Hey, no worries. I love and listen to you guys. Um, I've been uh, working my way this morning from Lafayette, Louisiana, to Pensacola, Florida. What for? And, uh, I've just been on a little trip down here to the south, just experiencing some culture and food. Cool. Flying back to Utah tomorrow. So I'm just... I haven't seen some sights, but in my mix of things, I've hit a lot of college stadiums, and this, and tonight I was in downtown New Orleans, and uh, it's kind of fun to be right there by the Superdome and to see the where the Pelicans play and just see how empty it is and just think, you know what, the Jazz are playing. I listened to the game the whole trip along the coast, and it's just been great. To listen to you guys, to lock everything's been fantastic. Well, thank thank you, Paulo, and it's it's really cool that you're doing that. What's the best thing you've eaten on your trip? That was my question. Well, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> best thing I have eaten, I would say shrimp and grits. Where was that in New Orleans? In Natchez, Mississippi. Where? Natchez, Mississippi. Natchez. Natchez. Natchez, Mississippi. Yeah, it's like one of the oldest. Um, Oh, I forget the history on it, but it's been through a lot of different things. It's right on the Mississippi River, controlled, like, Civil War type things. It's just a neat, neat place, lots of history and fun. Um, but, now that's probably my best food that I've had on the whole trip. Shrimp Other and than grits. some good barbecue. Yeah. Shrimp, shrimp and grits. But, like, yeah, Creole seasoning and all kinds of good stuff. But, uh, no, there's gumbos, jambalayas. I mean, I've, I've had the gambit of it, but... Mm. Well, I was like shrimp and grits. Did you take pictures of your food? <laughs> I have actually. See, that yeah. means you ate, you ate it. Yeah. If it, did it happen? Uh, if you didn't take pictures, it didn't happen. Exactly, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You have heartburn, uh, yeah, but okay. you don't no pictures. <laughs> uh, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, Austin, I'll stop by a remote somewhere and I'll show you some pictures and uh, make you just drool. But no, it, it's it's been a neat trip to just kind of see the culture down here and talk to people about the jazz. And I went to uh, LSU today and. Uh, talked about Carl Malone to a guy and it just so it's come full circle because I've been a fan of the jazz since the Eaton days and it's sad I was listening this morning to uh, KSL and their show and they talked about Eaton passing away and it's been a hard day but fun to hear the jazz succeeding and just moving forward and you know a new era and new life. Not familiar with that other radio station you mentioned here on my radio station. Uh, I'm just kidding, Paulo. Uh, thank you so much. And as you come back to Utah tomorrow, try to get out to the watch party Monday night. We'd love to see you. 855-340-ZONE. Safe travels to Paulo. We do appreciate you calling in. This is Jazz Playoff Overtime. She's Amanda Smith. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us tonight. We'll take a break. 
We'll come back on the other side, update our fantasy point scoring, as I have a really good feeling about my comeback trail hopes against Johnny Lightfoot. Alex has no shot. None. (laughs) None whatsoever. We'll tell you why on the other side here on Jazz Playoff Overtime. Jazz Playoff Overtime. I'm Austin Horton. She's Amanda Smith. He's Eric Jensen. These guys are in tonight for Johnny Lightfoot and Alex Lundberg, respectively, but not respectfully. Mean. <laughs> mean. We, uh, we're talking about the Jazz getting this 121-111 victory, going up 2-1 in the series. I personally feel like this is a five-game max series. I thought it was a four-game max series, and then the Jazz missed 35 threes in game one and nearly still won game one. If everyone stays healthy, this is a five-game max series, but it's not going to feel like an easy five-game series to the Utah Jazz. No, I definitely agree with you on that because in every single game, like uh, game two, Utah pulled away in the fourth quarter. It was, what, a three-point game going into the fourth? Was it? I think yeah, it was like, yeah, way, right. like way close. This game, <laughs> they cut it to, to a, let's see. 109-105, or 109-107 is what Memphis led at one point, right there again. And then, obviously, they won game one. So, um, you know. This is your first time going Sorry, through a I door? I am just. Good gravy. There's a, a distraction. Eric now kicked I'm, the door in like, like Stallone, like Rambo. Was like, Austin Johnson. <laughs> scared There's a the lot going on. pee out of me, man. <laughs> thought we were being robbed. Here's a man in a trench coat and a hat pulled down to his nose, just kicking the door in. You were saying? The point being, the consensus being, (laughs) it's not going to be, I think, like these blowout wins from the start personally, because I just don't think Memphis is that kind of team. Now, it will be interesting to see when you start playing every other day what kind of impact that has when you look at how long Memphis has already been playing yeah. with the play-in and then now into the playoffs. And they don't go as deep as the Jazz go. Exactly. So, uh, so that'll be interesting to, to watch out for. But I um, I think I heard at one point when I was talking about I could hear some like fans and chanting. I think I heard them chanting Jazz in five. So they're right there with wow. you. I'm not going to say I told them to say that, but... <laughs> They're like passing notes. All like, right. Can you can you scream this? <laughs> yes right. or no? Check yes or no. That interruption, by the way, was totally not even worth it. I, I thought I could like. What get, were you doing? I was well, scared. Uh, so I thought I could get. So Amanda, peek behind the scenes, told me to take some pictures. You know. Now obviously there is glass in front of me, so I'm in the reflection <laughs> of every single picture I you took. should be so i walked, <laughs> you're a part of the team so i walked in you did not well, you walked in like the juggernaut uh, you from scared X-Men. everybody i'm not gonna lie yeah i i just here because here! in a past life i was an <laughs> was like, fbi was like, agent i mean austin it, jumped <laughs> so i jumped oh my gosh i literally i never I mind have never seen you react that way ever usually you're pretty unflappable but you just you you're Totally so flustered. cool, are you? I've been. I, I get startled very easily. That's, <laughs> yeah, me I don't too. do haunted houses. I've been in. I've been to one haunted house in my entire life. I've never been. Walked in the first room, some clown 
literally a dressed as a clown pun. with a chainsaw, jumped out of nowhere in front of my face, and I punched him square what? in the nose. Oh, but chainsaw So did you guys just get banned from they, the haunted yeah, house? Yeah, yeah, they turned on the lights and took oh, me out and then turned the lights gosh. back off and everyone else had a good time. So I got what I wanted. <laughs> you got to I leave. got to leave. So, so, so I was on a no, date, no, no. too. So you you don't not go to haunted houses. You've been banned for life <laughs> from, from, from that, haunted man. houses. Yeah, man, you don't come at me with a chainsaw and think I'm just going to well, be there's like... there's a difference <laughs> between Austin being like, oh, I just don't like haunted houses, I don't go, and being banned for life that's true. from haunted yeah, that's houses. Semantics, that semantics, make. semantics. Yeah. <laughs> All it's right. in the details. Uh, the game four uh, coverage will begin at 6.30, 7.30 tip-off on Monday, Memorial Day here on The Zone, so stay tuned for that. We'll also have another Jazz Playoff Overtime for you that night. I believe it's coming back to Utah 3-1, but we'll see. A lot of, ga- lot of uh, 48 minutes at least to play come Monday night, so we'll see how that goes. Before we close out, though, who wants to be Johnny and who wants to be Alex? Um, I guess technically you're Johnny. Yeah, I guess we should just. Yeah, I'm I sitting mean, in Johnny's I'm, spot. Yeah, so, okay. Well, Hi, guys. We, I like ska music and the bangles. What's up? I honestly was like, who's wait, talking? Wait, I like <laughs> the, the the personality profile fits, but the the voice sounded kind of like Ringo Starr. I, don't, I truly hey thought guys. that like, John someone else hey was on the air. <laughs> that was also startling. Hey, guys, I like ska. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we drafted six players each from the combined uh, rosters of the Jazz and Grizzlies after game one. Through uh, So after game two, or one game played, Johnny led 144, I was at 91, and Alex was a paltry 66. This is you take the points, rebounds, and assists, and minus the yeah, fouls and turnovers from method. that, and they get a, a number for the game. You come up with your own method. On your own jazz playoff so overtime show. Uh, well, uh, Johnny is, there's no chance for any of us in this series. And why is that? Because he has John Morant as the number one overall pick. And then because it was two in the morning, none of us took Mike Conley until the 10th pick. And that was Johnny's pick as well. So what you're saying is I'm sitting in the winner's seat. You are. Sounds about right. So uh, what I'm hearing is you is that. I, Alex Lumberg, and you, Austin Horton, were just dummies and just totally no. forgot about potentially the best player on the Jazz. Uh, in this series, he certainly has been in Mike Conley. Uh, so, Putting my imaginary crown on. So Johnny, Team team Johnny of John Morant, Bogdanovich, Valchunas, Conley, O'Neal, and Tyus Jones – Combined for a game two score of 144, a game three score of 133, for a total of 277. Team Horton, Gobert, Clarkson, Anderson, Jackson Jr., Favors, and Allen combined for a 91 game two, 90 or 101 game three, for a total of 192. And Alex is hardly worth mentioning as he went Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Dylan Brooks, George Niang, Tillman, and Mie Oni. Now, granted, he had third pick. Disavow. So. <laughs> I'm no longer out. He, uh, he went 66 in game two, 59 tonight for a grand total of 125. So Johnny, 277, me, 192, Alex, 125. It's a it's a race for second place at this point. Yeah. I'm a winner, baby. I'm a loser, baby. <laughs> so why don't you kill me? No, that see, was that, that sad. Got, that got what? dark all of a sudden. It's all fun and games until you start singing Beck. What? 
what? Beck was a dark person. I don't know what's happening right now. Well, listen to Eric's the, that's the lyrics. Eric's busting in here, making everybody jump. <laughs> Austin's <laughs> singing really sad Eric's like songs. The, Eric goes through doors like the Kool-Aid man. I don't know man. what I got myself into here. <laughs> There's a handle on it, son. <laughs> He just breaks through. What oh, is yeah. going on? <laughs> I'm here to take pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, by the way, Eric and I are avalanche. We avoided Adrian's Wild in the next round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, you guys are talking about how? The uh, Golden Knights of Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Please. Not even a... Oh, we... We're a hockey town, guys. The facials. I wish somebody could see them. We're a hockey town, guys. Don't. No. no Wait, no, is that we, your Alex again? No, no. This is, this is my. Va- no, Alex roots for a hockey team that's not even worth mentioning on this program. Who? I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. A Canadian team. To be. No, and. I mean, the worst Canadian team. So much so that they fired the greatest to ever do it this last week. Ugh. Uh, but the Vegas Knights have the greatest goaltender in NHL history. Facts. So that's that's. So you guys scary. are having a moment. You're yeah. not a hockey gal. I mean, we're here at from Chicago. Eight. See, this is what I would say from it's like, from Blackhawks Town. Listen, I've been to Blackhawks games. It's incredible. Chelsea um, Dagger is the best like celebration song. That's what I'm talking about. That's real. Sports. That you know that. How does that one go? I much prefer the Hartford Whalers. Well, it must be. That's I've, better. I've been to Blackhawks games. They're super fun. Um, but, but you I, don't care for hockey. But I don't like follow hockey very closely, if that makes sense. Not a lot of people around these parts do. Yeah. I mean, it, it I think says, I follow hockey, and then I watch Eric's timeline. I'm like, I don't know anything about hockey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it says something that here at 1 a.m., this is probably, I mean, oh, we talked about it on the big show a few weeks back for a little while, but this is probably the most hockey talk we will see here. On this station for the next year. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, <laughs> both of you, thank you for doing this. It was fun. Austin, this was so much fun. I do want to say before we go, thank you for asking me to to join you. I had such a blast. It was fun getting to talk to some fans of Jazz Nation. Uh, Craig and I, I just I really appreciate you asking me to do this with you. Uh, uh, of course, uh, it was a gutsy move by me, if I do say so myself, because in, in this I'm not. This is not smoke. Amanda will run this station someday if she wants to. <laughs> so uh, if, she, if she can uh, well, work am, for minimum wage for long enough. I am sitting in the winner's chair. <laughs> uh, but really, she, you're really, really, really good. Why don't you plug like your podcast and stuff at 1 a.m. when no one's listening? <laughs> Thank you for yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. But they'll replay this tomorrow. Yeah. Um, well, I have two podcasts. I'll go ahead and I'll just tell, you, tell about them both. Anyways, one of them is called How She Did It. Uh, basically, I talk to women in sports and celebrate uh, their journeys and, and how they've gotten to where they are. It's super fun, whether you're a player, an agent, a broadcaster who's trying to figure it out, or someone who's very established in their career. You've had two um, of my favorites, Alana Rizzo and Olivia Decker, on the, on the show. You're real. You always listen. I do. I, I, it's a great podcast. It's just it's it's really, a lot really of fun um, just getting to yeah, hear. Yeah, Cassidy Hubberth once, too. Yeah. With my Chicago gal. Yeah. I love her so much. And uh, oh, was it uh, Mina Kimes? Did you have Mina yeah. Kimes? Yeah. 
And yes. you got all fangirl Which on my, that one. Okay, listen. <laughs> oh, you gotta give me. Really, a quick story here. A quick story. I have been mistaken. Like people have been like, "Are you Mina Kimes?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, but thank you so much. <laughs> like that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me." And I was once in an elevator at a at a basketball tournament, a college basketball tournament. Not sure why she would have been there, um, but someone was like, hey, "Are you?" Are you Mina Kimes? And I'm like, no, but thank you. Anyways, long story short, <laughs> Sarah Spain, also someone who I admire very much. I had her on on my show, and she was like, you remind me of like a young Mina Kimes. And I was like, but this is you guys. <laughs> I'm going to save these moments for the rest of my life. An incredible person. I'm obsessed with her. I, I think that that's wonderful for you because the only people I ever get mistaken for is, are serial killers. So what is where is this? Is just you're going a bald really, white guy with a beard. Dark. I fit every. You're PD, going like B down out a, the APB a out dark there. Dark path. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Uh, it's time to go home because I'm 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 going a little nuts. No, that's okay. Okay, last podcast. You oh, said yeah. I kept oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So how she did it? How she did it? Celebrating women in sports. The podcast is shorter than the description of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we got we got off on a tangent. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the other show I have with my friend and co-host Trey Moses, and it is about mental health within the sports community. I didn't know about this. Yeah, you gotta listen. Uh, and so we, you know, talk about our own personal journeys with mental health. Um, he's an incredible person. Uh, we actually met at Ball State, where we went to college together. I was a student reporter. He was a basketball player, and now we've connected in this next phase of life about something we're both really passionate about, and that is normalizing these conversations. Uh, and he always says it's okay to not be okay because it's better than not being here. Uh, so, so we break uh, down just you know how we're feeling. We have conversations with uh, we had a psychologist on, uh, a professional women's basketball player, uh, and and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. So What's check that called? one out. It's called One in Five. Uh, the meaning is one in five. One in five Americans will struggle with their mental health each year, so it's not uncommon, uh, and you're not alone. and And we just want you to feel that and know that, especially in the world of broadcasting. Yeah, you would be shocked uh, how prevalent it is. Absolutely, in, in the arts community in general. Yeah. Uh, so how she did it and one in five. Check out those podcasts, Eric. You have a podcast, the End Zone Pod. Yeah, something like that. Oh, is that not what it's called? Yeah, no, oh. that's it. I just uh, am not as good at promoting myself as Amanda is. I would like to have Mina Kimes on my football podcast, but that is a pipe dream. I would really like, if he's listening, Mitt Romney. He and like, I just want to get him on. <laughs> what? Now, now, people here, here, people say I'm crazy for this, but not for that. I know. I yeah. just want to. I wouldn't ask him anything political. I just think it would be great if I somehow tricked Mitt Romney to come on to my football podcast and I just asked him about football for like an hour. And eventually he was probably like, oh, you got to ask about being a good citizen or, you know, getting out and voting or anything. And then, no. You're you know what? You might be podcast. onto something there. Not just with Mitt Romney, but you you should do it to all kinds of political leaders. Yeah. And and so they and think that they're going on. Think, a, oh oh, where's this? Where's where's the controversy? When's he gonna bring up the budget? Where, yeah, uh, yeah, when's this coming? No, I just asked you about the Detroit Lions for 
four hours. <laughs> this is actually, that would be, it's like a Zach Galifianakis between two ferns type of pod. That would be That's so funny. That's a good comparison. All right, and I have a podcast that I never post to, but this what? show will be posted. The EP podcast. We'll get back in the flow of things with that when my kids have grown up and left the house. So, All right. You uh, got a long time then. We'll be back like Monday. Uh, we're off Monday during the day, but we'll be here for jazz coverage that night. Enjoy a safe and happy holiday weekend. I'm Austin Horton for John Lightfoot and Alex Lundberg, as well as Amanda Smith and Eric, not Lundberg, Jensen. This has been Jazz Playoff Overtime. We'll see you Monday.